Hello, and welcome to the Sober Leadership Podcast. This is episode number eight, Stay in Your Lane. My name is Matt Adams. I am an addict, and while that is a fact about me, I choose not to let that be how I'm defined. Of course, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've learned also a lot of lessons, many of which I hope to share using this podcast. Whatever your situation may be, thank you for being here. Let's dive into Stay in Your Lane. This is a little bit different than what I have covered in this, in this podcast up till now, uh, in that the audience that I'm speaking to is not necessarily the addict, although it will be helpful for the addict to listen to this, but it is those who are standing in the corner of the addict, those that are in the lives of one who is recovering, parents, siblings, a spouse, friends, co-workers, and the list goes on. Whatever your relation to the one who is recovering from their addictions, you have a role to play. And that is what I want to speak to today. I want you to first think about what somebody who is an addict is going through. Understand what they're doing. I think I've mentioned this in in a past episode, but I want to go over it again. What they are doing as an addict, that is recovering from a lifestyle of being under the influence of a substance or some kind of vice, uh, it could be many things, they're struggling to relearn who they are or maybe learn for the first time who they really are. They're relearning how to live life without the crutch of their addiction. They're trying to understand how to socialize without a substance being in their body or some kind of vice being part of their life. They're trying to learn how to express emotion without it being hijacked with a drug. They're trying to understand and possibly reinterpret human emotion, their own as well as that of others. They're trying to understand social cues because as an addict, when you have a drug in your system, you see and interact with life through a different lens. Being free of that drug changes how you see things. The value of human life because... Addicts, we use people, and we use people to our benefit so that we can continue our addiction. And now putting that away, we're trying to relearn the value of human life. That people are not objects, but rather that is a real person with real emotions, a real life that we are trying to interact with. And then also how to manage money responsibly, because how much money and time was wasted on addictions. So these are just, this is a short list, but all of these things is what the addict is trying to do while also trying to follow through on their commitments, their responsibilities, the various roles in life. The addict may be a husband, a father, may be uh, going through so many other things that they have to, they can't set aside and say, well, I can't be a husband and I can't be a father or I can't be an employee, or etc. No, they have to continue doing those things in their life, but they have to do that while also trying to change everything else about what they are, what they do, and who they are without a drug. For however long they use, the fallback plan was to find an escape, to find solace, to find comfort through the addiction. But now that's no longer an option. So when stress arises in all those different roles in life, What do they have to fall back on? Well, it's not the drug. They know that. They don't want to go back to that. But they've got to learn how to live life again. 
And for many of us who are addicts, this is not just making one change. One change can be earth-shattering for, for us as people. That's just a given. But as addicts, we're essentially changing everything all at once. And we, we may not fully grasp this while we're going through it. And But that is the effect of what we are doing. When I look back on my life, you know, as I've been sober for over 15 years now, I realized just how much change I had to go through often at a breakneck pace in order just to regain control of my life. And while I was working on various areas and one or various things in my life in, in one area, I might have something else going on that I had no idea I was letting slip. And so I'd have to work on that too. And these things, the addictions ripped a hole in my life uh, it, and also in me as a person. And it robbed me of so many beautiful things during the years that I was using. I, I missed so much, uh, whether it was because I was under the influence or because I just didn't really pay attention to life. I was so concerned with my addiction that that's what my life was about. Uh, sure, there were things that I did, but the addiction was what held sway over me in every facet of my life. That's time that I'm not going to ever get back. It's time that those who are addicts are never going to get back. They can't make up for that by going back and trying to redo it. It's done. You can't go back and redo that. But our loved ones that are recovering, they're striving to get sober and stay sober and fighting a multi-front war in their life. And they are spreading themselves thin on so many areas just to reemerge victorious over the addiction. And so as addicts, what we need in, in, while we are recovering, and that's going to be a lifetime process, is support, encouragement, and reliable partners in our, in our corner. Does that mean that those of us who are recovering are going to recipro reciprocate that at all times? No, because as people, we, we slip in these areas even without the drugs. But we need people in our corner that are in the corner. We need our loved ones to operate in their lanes. So let's talk about that. As parents, and this is a very, uh, and I will, I will readily admit, this is a very sensitive topic because whatever, the, whatever your role is, you've been operating in that role for a period of time. And for somebody to come in and say, hey, you've got to stop what you're doing and you got to change that. That's, that's enough uh, disruption to really get our, get our, uh, signals up and get get flared up and say, oh, get defensive. No, you're not going to tell me what to do. No, and I don't want to tell you what to do. What I'm saying is somebody who has an addict has gone through this. There's some things that I look back on and things that even myself as I'm helping others, I recognize this relationship has changed. So what do I need? What do they need? And so we need to see things as they are. As parents, we need to be parents. Be a dad first. Be a mom first. That is your primary role in the life of your child. You don't need to be the court, the police, their therapist, their social director, their critic. You don't need to be all these things that you might have adopted because of them being addicts. And, and I don't mean this to be a, a critique, but rather as a pressure relief. You don't have to be all of those things in their life. Those people, the court, the police, the therapist, social director, critics, those people exist out there. It's not you. 
You are the parent. You are the dad. You are the mom. So be that. When somebody is overcoming a lifestyle where they have disappointed the people most precious to them in their life, and they have betrayed them, they've manipulated, they've done a whole list of things over a span of time, what they need is the stability of that person in their life being who they are in their life. And so as dads, we need to support our kids. We need to encourage them. We need to help them. And while there may be various things that overlap in our relationship, we may be a confidant, we may be all these other things that may have come come to be in our in our interaction. We need to be a dad first. And what that looks like is you know, different on family dynamics. How you interact with your children may look differently than another family. Make sure it's healthy. Mothers, be a mother. Your child needs you being who you are. In your corner, in your lane, be a mother. Because there can be a temptation to adopt all these ways of interacting with the addict and when you're tra- when you're doing those things what you're not doing is being a parent children need their parents and and this does not matter what your age is at every phase of life children we need our parents parents your kids need you being a parent and I have not been a parent that long, but about about almost seven years now. And I have learned so much over this time. When you string that out over a longer period of time, there are so many lessons you learn and so many mistakes you make uh, that I can't count the number I've made already. But you recognize those things, you try to do better, and you work to be who you need to be as a parent. You've got a lot of work to do as a parent throughout your life. Your interaction with your kids needs to be healthy and it needs to be proper in its place. Recognize who you are in their life. You're the one that gave them life, that brought them into this world. And that special bond you have is something that nobody else in this life will ever have. That is only something that you get to have with that child. And the stability of knowing that your parents are in their place is something that is so, you can't place a value on that. It is so high and so invaluable. And so as us as kids, as we are recovering, if we're the addict and we are recovering, what is helpful is to understand the special bond that we have with our parents and to help them in that because both parties whether you're the child or the parent you need to help one another and when you're trying to reformulate that relationship it's gonna take a lot of work on both sides and so parents be parents all right so now maybe moving on to the next one maybe you're not a parent maybe you're a sibling Maybe it's your brother or sister that is overcoming the addictions and 
that bond that you've had has been fractured or maybe there's, there's other things that have happened as as brothers and sisters that has been turned on its head over this time. Recognize that what your sibling needs is they need their brother or sister. You be a brother or a sister first. You don't need to come in and, and be anything but that first. Now, again, like it was with the parents, there may be overlaps in your relationship with your sibling. Make sure it's healthy. Make sure it's something that's helpful. Make sure that it is not something where you are enabling them to slip back into tendencies or that you're triggering them on how you interact. Maybe you need to reevaluate how you interact with your own sibling and in order to be a help to them and then be a help to you. When I think about siblings and that interaction, there's a verse that has confused me for years in, in scripture, but here recently I heard a, a good lesson on this verse in Proverbs 17, verse 17. It was a verse that, I, again, I, I thought it was a little confusing. Like, 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 so am I supposed to be at odds with my sibling? But that's not what the verse says. In Hebrew poetry, there is it's not a word rhyme, but rather it's a thought rhyme, and or maybe a contrast being made. And in this verse, this is not a contrast that's being made. This is a rhyming of a thought. It's a reemphasizing to make the point. And so in verse 17 of Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Now, how we might say that today is, you know, I was born for this moment. Like, this is, this is my thing. This is what I was born to do. Think about that in your relationship to your siblings. You were born for the moment of adversity. Think about the weight and the overwhelming sense of duty and awe that is there in that bond. When it comes to adversity, which... An addict overcoming their addictions? Is that not adversity? When it comes to adversity, a brother or sister is born for that moment. Think of the bond you have with your sibling. The one who is overcoming the addictions. Think of that bond. And when they are struggling, when they don't know which way is up, who can they look to? Let it be you. You be there. No matter what your past history is, you be there for them. It may be that you have some past with your siblings or sibling that you need to correct so that you can be there. It may be that you, you've had a falling out with them and they're trying to do better and maybe you aren't ready to have that relationship. You just, you don't trust them or, or whatever it might be. Uh, maybe there's been things said in the past. You just don't, you're not close anymore. Fix it. Fix it. Do what you need to do to get yourself where you need to be so you can be the, the brother that is born for adversity, that is born for that moment to be a support for your sibling. Addicts need their brother or sister 
be there in their place, in that role, when they are coming out of their addictions. This is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of rebuilding, yes. But be there for them. Similarly, in that way of being there for the addict, spouses, be a husband, be a wife first. Now, it's like the relationship of parents being unique. Nobody else is going to have that. Siblings, nobody else is going to have that. Your spouse, nobody knows you like your spouse and the same vice versa. Be a husband, be a wife first. This is not an easy, none of this is easy. It's not an easy thing to do. But do you know what the addict needs? They need the stability, they need the assurance that you as a husband or wife are there for them as, as their spouse. Who do they talk to? Who do they confide in? Who do they spend the most time around? It's you. You. And so who do you need to be? You need to be their spouse. You need to be in your lane, doing your job in this life as the one who is there for them for life. That's what you need to do. Again, there may be a lot of things that need to be overcome in that relationship and things that need to be patched up and corrected. And you may need to do a lot of work on your end as well as them on their end. They're, again, they're, the addict is trying to change everything. And that includes in their marriage. What things might need to be resolved and fixed and patched up and perhaps even therapy. Uh, I, would, I say perhaps. I would say definitely therapy to go through to help repair that bond because that is a dear and precious bond that you hold. You need to relearn how to interact with one another without the substance, without the killer in your life. That addiction that they have, that needs to be cast out, which means you need to relearn how to interact with one another. Be a wife, be a husband first. What about friends? For the addict, they may have spent a lot of time with people. And most of us as addicts, we, we had a fair amount of people that we would party with. I know I did. When it comes down to friends, I don't count the people I partied with as my friends. My friends are the people who were there when the party was over. When I decided to clean up my act, my friends were the ones that were there saying, you can do this. You're better than this. Let me help you. Those were my friends. Not the ones saying, hey, come back to the party. Come back to the drinking. Come back to the drugs. Come back to this lifestyle that you were living. Come do this again. Or saying, hey, we're going out this week. You need to come with us. No, those are not your friends. Friends recognize when somebody is trying to do better and they help them to be better. A friend is somebody who sticks by you when times are tough and encourages you to do the hard things. And doing this, getting clean, 
is not easy. And it takes a lot of time and support and a lot of forethought, a lot of planning to understand and eliminate the things that you are not going to do. Eliminate those things, which gives you a list of things that you are going to do. And you need friends to help support you in that. You need people that you can call up and hang out with that are going to help keep you on the path, keep you on the right path of taking the next right step forward. And they're going to encourage you in that. They're going to have your best interest in mind. And they're going to be the ones that tell you, no, we are not doing that. They're going to be the ones that stand by you through thick and thin and help you be who you need to be. If you're a friend of somebody who's recovering, be their friend. When you look at the relationship, the, the perfect relationship, the perfect friend, I always think of Jesus and how you look at his interaction with the disciples and you look at the hard things that he said, for instance, to Peter. He said a lot of hard things to Peter and to his disciples. But they were things not in, in harshness, but they were things that were said to them because they needed to hear it. And he, as their friend, was the one who was going to tell them, hey, you, you, what you're doing, this, this is not the right direction. You need, to, you need to change course. A friend does that. A friend helps. And when somebody's on the right course, as a friend, you encourage them and say, hey, great job. Keep it up. And if you ever need to call somebody, that's the person you call. And, and hopefully for us, as, as married people, our spouse is at the top of that list. But hopefully we have others that are in our life. Maybe we don't. Maybe we need to make friends. That, that's a hard thing in and of itself for some. Whatever may be the case, the friends are the people who are there to help you stay on track. The people who are not doing that are not your friends. The people trying to pull you back in that lifestyle are not your friends. And if you, as a friend of an addict that's trying to recover, are one of those people that's saying, hey, come back into this lifestyle, you're not being a friend. You're not being a help, and that needs to stop. As friends, we need to help one another be who we need to be, be the best version of ourselves. That's what a friend does. And so understand that whatever your role in relation to the addict, the one who is recovering, understand this, whether you're a parent, a sibling, a spouse, a friend, or the long list of other relationships in life, Whatever your relationship may be, you may need to seek counseling in order to build back this relationship. You may have spent years on the receiving end of their use, tending to them when they were sick from the drugs, covering for them when they were under the influence and couldn't get to work or other commitments. Maybe you suffered due to their verbal, emotional, or even physical abuse. Or it may have been that you were an enabler or somebody who has been codependent in the relationship and you kept them uh, using by virtue of not, not resisting that. But rather you were supportive of them saying, well, I, I guess we'll just let this slide so that we can have this bond. May, whatever may be the case, when the addict stops using and is trying to clean up their life, it's not just the addict who's recovering from the maelstrom that was their life. Everyone connected must now relearn 
how to communicate and treat one another without that substance in the room with them. Without somebody in the room being under the influence, now you must relearn how to interact. That doesn't happen overnight. And that doesn't happen by brushing it under the rug and saying, we're just going to hide this and just forget that it ever happened. No, it happened. And that person who's recovering needs you, whatever your role, they need you in your lane being who you need to be in their life. They don't need you trying to adopt every other role under the sun for them. You be who you need to be in their life. That's what they need. Because when you're in where you need to be, you're in your lane, and other people in their life are in their lanes, then they can say, okay, I've got that buttoned up. At least I know where these people are in my life. And from there, I can make decisions on what else I might need. I might need a therapist, a counselor. I might need this other thing in my life, but I'm going to go find that with somebody who is qualified to be that. And then for these people that are in my life, my parents, my siblings, my spouse, my friends, they're exactly where I need them to be. And so I know where to come when I need them. And so then I can pursue with confidence the other things. That's what we need as addicts. As well as we're recovering, we need people in their places, in their roles, being the best versions of themselves so that we can then be our best versions. Now, if somebody's not in that, does that give you an excuse as an addict to just misbehave? No, that's nonsense. No, we as addicts need to be who we need to be too. And if somebody's not fulfilling this and being you know, a good parent or a good sibling or a spouse or friend, okay, that's them. It doesn't mean that you stop being who you need to be. It may be that those bonds are fractured. It may be that those people in your life don't want to be in your life anymore. That's a hard thing that you're going to have to deal with. But you have to deal with it. And respect the limits, respect the boundaries. And understand that this may take time to rebuild. Accept that as the addict who is recovering. Accept that. There's some things you can't change. But there's some things that you can. You can change who you are. You can change what you are doing. You can change how you respond and react to the people in your life. And you can be the best version of yourself. That's your choice. Whether they are or not, that is not your choice. Respect it. But as those on the other side, the parent, the sibling, the spouse, the friend of those who is the ones recovering, you do the same. You stay in your lane be that role that you have been given by God in this life to be. Be that for them. And it may be that you need to seek help in doing this. It may be that you've just gotten into a pattern of being something else other than these things in the life of the addict. You need to seek help then to, to get you to where you need to be to, to be a, a proper helper for the one who's recovering. And when it comes to these relationships, when it comes to in, in, within a church, 
we don't need to just sweep it under the rug and say, well, it's over now and we can just pick up and everything be fine. No, the addict is still recovering. They still need you to be there and whatever that role is with them and you be that. Don't try to adopt other roles and put on a hat that you have no business wearing. It may be that they need you for something else. It doesn't mean that you say, no, I can't do that, but know your limits. Understand that you may not be the person, the right person to be giving the advice at that time. Understand there might be somebody better qualified to help them with the things they need. And it may not be you. In fact, in a lot of cases, it most likely will not be you. So take the pressure off of yourself in trying to be everything to the addict that you really have no idea how to be. Understand that you have a limit to. And understand that there are, there are organizations out there, there are people who have gone and, and gotten qualified to be able to help in the best way possible. And understand that you may need to be reaching out to those people and finding out those resources in order to get the person that's recovering the help they need. Understand that. And take the pressure off of yourself of trying to be everything other than who you, who you are in their life. Be a parent. Be a sibling. Be a spouse. Be a friend. But do these things. And you will be an incredible help to the one who's recovering. And as an addict, understand people are not always going to be who you want them to be, nor who you need them to be at various times. But you're not doing this for them. You're doing this. You're getting sober for you because you know the consequences if you don't. You feel the full weight of why you cannot continue your addictions. You have no right to blame shift or put your problems on somebody else because they're not being whatever. Fill in the blank. Your issues are yours. Own those issues and get about changing course. You may have the occasional pity party. That's going to happen. But do something about it. Don't just sit and wallow. Do something about your problems. Do something about the issues. Patch up the relationships. Fix the things that need fixing. Have a go-to person to call when you are struggling. Just because someone is not who you need them to be does not give you the right to use them as an excuse to use or undo all the progress you've made in your sobriety. You need to quit looking for and making excuses if that's what you're doing. No matter the consequences, vow to be honest live your life without hiding anything except where you are at the moment and get about making progress how do you do that on either side whether you're the addict or the one that's supporting them take the next right step that's what you need to do you may need help in understanding what that next right step is you can reach out to me, matt at soberleadership.com, matt at soberleadership.com. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I can help in the areas that I've had experience in recovering myself, or I can point you in the direction of somebody who can help you. 
whatever may be the, the issue for you, keep doing the right thing. Keep stepping forward. Keep progressing. Keep getting better each day. Overcoming addiction is hard. But it's not impossible. And the one who might be supporting those who are overcoming the addictions understand as long as there is time, there is hope. Get about being who you need to be. Take the pressure off yourself of trying to be everything and just be who you need to be. Do this and things will get better on both sides. That's all for now. Until next time, be well, friends.